Thank you. Let's give some glory to God. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for moving in this house today. I thank you for allowing us to come into your presence and to come closer to you, Jesus. We worship you and we give you praise and we thank you for the exciting things that we can expect for this year. And I pray that you'd show us how to launch into those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to honor your pastor. Thank you for inviting me to speak today. So the Lord's pretty awesome. He'll bring you places if you're willing to sacrifice some things. So this message is, it's for those who are ready for more of God. It's for those who are willing to sacrifice something for an eternal reward that you're not going to regret. You're not going to look back and say, oh, I wished I didn't pray quite that long. You're going to say, oh, I could have prayed longer and he would have honored in these ways. So today I want to talk about step it up. So we want some more of God. We want to step it up. So while you're still standing, let's open with Joel 2, 15 through 16. So we're going to talk about how it's a time to consecrate a fast. We're entering into a season of prayer and fasting, as we just announced. Joel chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. It says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babies, let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. It's time to consecrate a fast. You may have a seat. So let me start with this. No one wants to fast. Anyone want to fast? It's no fun. It can bring out the best in us or the worst of us. It's kind of like if you're a tube of toothpaste and someone squeezes you, something's going to come out. Fasting kind of does that. Uh, I've gone on a fast and I'm like, oh, that, uh, that crankiness was in me. After fasting for a little bit, it'll, it will reveal things in your life. But it's worth it. Simply put, fasting is not eating. It's pushing away the plate. It's abstaining from those cravings for calories that we all have. If, if you go too long, even just a few hours, your stomach reminds you that there's food that you're craving. It's just the way that we're built. But, but God wants us to go further. He wants us to prove our hunger is more than just for food. It's more than just for what we see. It's for something deeper, something spiritual, something that we're trying to grasp but can't quite sense it until he makes those uh, spiritual senses aware in us. So I have a, another scripture, if you could pull up 1 Timothy 4, 8. It talks about physical and spiritual things. It says, for bodily exercise profits a little. You'll, you'll get some profit from going to the gym. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So Brother Reese had, did an amazing job this morning talking about, um, you know, pursuing for greater things and for spiritual things. So, so that scripture talks about putting, you know, do the right things in the physical, but if you have spiritual disciplines, it's going to profit you not just in this life, but for all eternity. So having the right perspective is really going to pay off. 
So um, we're going to talk, we're going to keep our mind mostly on the abstaining of food for fasting. But in today's day and age, it's also worth talking about other fleshly cravings as well. So the primary form of fasting in the Bible that you will find is abstaining from food. But digital media can often dull our senses as well. If we can turn off our phones or TV for a few days, think about how less distracted we'll be when God wants to speak. Think about what can happen when we stop comparing our digital image to that of others and stop dwelling on the agenda being pushed by the media. They've got an agenda, and they'll suck you right in to what they want. They're money-making machine. They want to suck you right in. Um, so... When we give our mind to the Lord, some different things can happen. Um, when we mind God, when we give him access to our minds, we have the opportunity to connect with him. So there is some value in digital media, social media fasting as well. It, it, when we stick on that long enough, we'll be numb. It's a little bit easy to get angry when you see the image on Facebook, that what you post, and then you in real life and people don't see you the same way. There's some frustration there. So taking a step back from that, it can be a mental addiction to social media. When we, when we taper that back, God will recognize that and he'll help make us into who we need to be. So today I invite the church. We're calling a sacred assembly to consecrate a fast. I invite you to step it up. So uh, as Sarah mentioned, um, I've been reading Josh Herring's book, Fast Forward. So I'll get you a couple nuggets from there. It's a really good, really good word, and he has some great experiences that you could read about if you pull out the Fast Forward book from Josh Herring. Um, so some of my um, message today comes from inspiration from that, as well as digging into the word in my own experience. So fasting is... Consider it like a bank account where you invest something. When you um, go through paycheck to paycheck and you spend it all and there's nothing going into the bank building up, then when there's something that happens, there's a need, there's not, nothing to pull from. Similar in the spirit. But if you've been diligent and you've been putting away things, a little bit here, a little bit there, building up your savings account, if there's a catastrophe that hits in your home, You've got something to help, you know, counter that. You, you'll make it out. If you've been diligent in saving enough, you won't even feel that like you might have before. So the same thing happens in the spirit when you're financially, not financially, but spiritually investing. When you've put some time fasting, it goes into a spiritual record that God keeps. And when you have a prayer need and you've got fasting behind it, God can say, this guy's serious, and if you're praying in God's will, it's going to happen. It's really going to happen. Um, I might mention it a couple times, but I, I believe that the fasting that our church is going to do is going to bring prayers, powerful prayers to God, and we're going to see prodigals come back. They are going to come back because of your prayer and your fasting. Those prayers that you've prayed for loved ones come back into the church backed up by some fasting, he's, he's not going to ignore those very long. So I want to talk a little bit about Adam and Eve. We talked about it a little bit this morning already. So they're made 
by God in the beginning. He made them with spirit and body. Then they were clothed with God's spirit. So they weren't like we are. We're, we're fallen. They lived in the glory. They were with God every day. It was paradise with a perfect God. But sin pulled them out of glory and into shame. The glory that they were covered by was then covered with shame. And they didn't want to be covered in shame, so they tried to do their best to cover themselves, but it didn't, didn't quite cut it. So the glory and the shame that they came from is something that we have a battle with regularly. And it's a, it's a battle that determines our eternal state. Thank God for the place of grace where we can determine our destiny. That's where we are right now. It's a place where we can trade our shame for his glory. So what do you choose to be part of, eternal glory or eternal shame? So I've heard it taught that glory is holiness manifested, and shame is sin manifested. So if we're walking in holiness, if we're allowing God's holiness to cover us, we're going to experience his glory, and it's going to be amazing. But if we allow sin to keep running in our life, it will manifest in shame. We will have shame eventually. We can only hide from it for so long. So will we, will we allow God to reign in our life or sin to reign? Let's let God reign in our life and step it up. Let's step it up. Um, earlier this week on, on Thursday, it was, it was just a cute experience because my son Avery came in here into the room I was in and gave me my Bible and was opened up to Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. I thought, this is good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> God, God can work in, in any way he wants to. So let's read Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. It's talking about choosing life. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. It's our choice. He set before us life and death, flesh or spirit. He is the length of our days. So this is our choice. There is flesh and spirit, and we all make mistakes, and we've all chosen flesh, and we've seen the results of it. We've seen some shame in our life because of it. So we're going to step up and we're going to choose some spirit and we're going to see what God is going to do from it. We're going to choose life. Choose life. Not just for now, but for eternity. So fasting shows God that you have a greater hunger for him than for satisfying the rumbles of your tummy. It's time to step up your effectiveness in the spirit. I believe there's three most powerful things a believer can do to show they are serious about living for God. And we, when we were singing that song, I Believe in You, this is where, these are three things that really put meaning behind those words. 
If you believe God, these are some powerful things that show that you're serious. And they're things you've already heard before, especially if you've been in Sunday school and, and have sung, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. There's the Word, there's prayer, and there's fasting. When you're in the Word, you read, study, and meditate God's Word. It aligns us with His purpose. So that's going to show God you're serious. Oh, He's aligning with my purpose. All right, I'll listen to those those prayers that are aligned with my purpose because you've read my word and you're, you're saying my word, my word was pretty good. I'll, I'll do my word. When you're praying, when you're speaking with God and waiting on him, it shows that you have some faith that he hears you. Anybody that is actually setting down, speaking to God, you're demonstrating faith. That's, that's showing you believe in him. We don't just say, I believe in him, I'll pray for you. No, when you actually spend time talking to God and say, I'm laying this before you, or I need you more than what I've been pursuing, that's, that's going to move you forward. And fasting. So denying one of the single most addictive cravings of the body shows you're serious in your attempt to connect with God. You're, you've got some skin in the game when you're fasting. And you, God won't ignore you very long when you're in his word, when you're in prayer, and when you're fasting. He's going to start moving. He's going to start moving. Let's read Matthew 17, 19 through 20. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why couldn't we cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So Jesus talked about the, the power of faith, prayer, and fasting. So these are some things that cannot be accomplished unless we're willing, we're willing to pay the price. We're willing to pray and fast. We're willing to put some flesh aside for spiritual things. Put some temporary things aside for eternal things. You know, lifting up our head for the long term instead of the short term. So uh, in Josh Herring's book, he talks about going deeper. And he said he went on a three-day journey with the Lord, and he shares some insights. And again, I would encourage you to read the whole thing. There's a lot of things that I won't be touching that are in the book, but... Um, here's a couple for you. So he was starting uh, a journey with the Lord, and right on the onset, the Lord said, if you want to go deeper, you need to increase your spiritual hunger. If we want to go deeper, we got to get hungry spiritually. So that leads to the question, how can you develop spiritual hunger? And there's four things to help develop your spiritual hunger. If you're taking notes, these are good four things to do. One is develop spiritual habits that challenge you. A lot of us might have our own routine. Get up, brush your teeth, read a few verses, say prayer, have breakfast, head to work. But when you develop a spiritual habit that challenges you, okay, I'm going to give up a little extra time, spend, spend a little more investment. It's going to challenge me to make this step forward. When we develop those spiritual habits, we're going to develop a spiritual hunger. 
The second is learn to apply these consecrations long-term. So those things that you decide, okay, this is going to be challenging me to do, but I'm going to do it. If you keep at it and you make it a habit and you put it in your life, that spiritual hunger will remain there and it will bring you to spiritual places that you should go. Number three, talk to someone who is hungrier for God than you are. It's contagious. So we've been talking all about this, the, the breakout of, you know, with health and, you know, you know what we're going through with the breakouts. Well, God wants a Holy Ghost breakout. So this, this contagious thing in the spirit happens when you get close to someone who is more spiritually hungry than you are. When you walk close to them and you see, wow, they, they can see God move and they're willing to sacrifice in these ways, that's going to develop a spiritual hunger in you. And the fourth one, listen to, watch, and read about warriors that dwell in deeper waters. There are people that are operating in the Spirit further than we are. And when you, when you watch them, when you are interested in them and read about them, that's going to develop a spiritual hunger in you. So how do you find out if someone is in deeper water than you are? Well, their life will convict you. You'll, you'll see their life and you say, oh, there's something I need to change. Um, also, they'll have a walk with God that will make you hungry for more. You'll say, oh, I want to see, see God move in a deeper way. Uh, and also their wisdom and their experiences will draw respect from you. You'll say, okay, I see you have more wisdom. You have greater experiences than I do. I, I will respect that. So when you step it up, I'll give you another, another short list here. When you step it up, there's three attributes essential to dwell in the deep. So we talked about how to get into that deeper place, how to focus on the spiritual disciplines, um, how to do things that will convict us to develop that spiritual hunger. And once we get there, what is going to help us stay there, to dwell in the deep? One is humility, two is an outward focus, and three is tenacity. When you're willing to humble yourself before God, he'll stop resisting you. Because he, he, draws the, he draws the humble, but he rejects the prideful. So humility will help keep you in the deep, keep you doing the things that have eternal reward that God wants to be done. So humility. It also, to stay in the deep, outward focus. So when you are focused on others, you have a little bit closer of a perspective to what God wants, what God sees. He sees the needs, and he sees what players he has that are close to him that can meet those needs. So an outward focus will help you stay and dwell in the deep. And then the tenacity, you have to want to step it up. You want to have to go for it. All of us are willing to sacrifice something for something we want. And many of us have sacrificed something for something we want and realized that it didn't satisfy because it was in the flesh. But when you sacrifice something in the spirit and you're tenacious about it, and you're going for it, you're ready to step it up, it's risky. And sometimes you wonder, what am I doing? And how silly do I look? But when God steps in, okay, that was right. Now I'm ready to do it again. So humility, outward focus, and tenacity. So fasting is like stocking up extra ammunition. The enemy will have a hard time defeating you when you just won't run out of bullets. It, it will be worth it when you look back 
to when you stepped it up. So fasting, we were already talking about ammunition. So fasting activates spiritual warfare. So you should be prepared. Don't go into it unprepared. Take time to think about it, pray about it, talk with a coach. Um, fast under authority. So let your pastor coach you. If you're doing something further than you've done before, you might. if you're climbing higher on Everest than you've climbed before, talk to someone who's been to the top. Let them give you some guidelines and pointers. Also, fat with, fast with the right motivation. There were Pharisees in the Old Testament that did some fasting, but their reward was only temporary because it was only to get the attention of other people. Oh, he's fasting. And then they felt good inside for a little bit, and God didn't do anything with it. So fast with the right motivation. When you've, when you've got your mind on God and you've got your mind on what you want to see God do and it's aligned with his purpose, your fasting is going to be effective. It will be. Also, ensure you have a desire for an encounter with the Lord. Have some expectancy. Say, okay, God, I'm going to set some things aside, some things in the flesh aside. I'm, I'm expecting you to do something with this. He'll honor that because that's faith. Um, there's some really good fasting analogies that I want to share with you. And one I've touched on already, it's climbing Everest. So to climb Everest, you've got to be consecrated. You've, you've got to acclimate to the atmosphere. You've got to climb. You've got to carry your gear. And you will reach the summit if you are consistent, diligent, uh, cautious with the right coach. Um, but you, you can't live on the summit. It'll be a short time, but it'll give you a different perspective. You'll have revelation from the summit. But once you receive that, come back down before you're gone because you can't last long on the summit. So, yeah, it's a time when perspectives change. You have a, a revelation for your life. It's when purpose comes into your life and, and God gives you direction and a real reason to live beyond what anything you might find in media or this world is shouting out. He'll give you a real reason to live. Another analogy is flight. So many of you have probably gone on an airplane and traveled. Well, the first time you do it, it's quite an experience. It's uh, out of your comfort zone. There's a whole regiment that you have to follow. It could be overwhelming. Um, but once you get up in the air, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing to reach that new level. So... Fasting is like going on a flight. It's preparing for a flight because you can look at a runway as going on an extended fast. The longer your runway, the more chance you have to get in the air. If your runway is too short, things could go pretty poorly. Um, there are, there's probably movies out there where the airplane barely makes it off the runway and loses a wheel on the fence and makes it, but... You want a long enough runway. So fasting is building that runway in the spirit. So, um, yeah, the fast is a spiritual runway. And then there's the place where you're ready to take that runway. So you built the runway. You fasted. And then there's that place where the, the term is taxiing, where the, the airplane is waiting to be launched on the runway. And it takes a little bit, bit of time. And it, they're making sure that when you do launch, you know, it's clear around you. You're not going to crash into anything. Uh, it's, it's a time where you have to wait. And, and 
That is sometimes required in the spirit as well. God wants your fast to be successful, so timing's important. But you will take off, and fasting catapults you into the spirit world. So once, you, once you're done with that extended fast, and there's that taxing moment, God will bring you to the level that your, that your runway allowed you to get to. It'll bring you up to that greater dimension. And there is a dimension we haven't experienced before taking off on this flight. But fasting can prepare you to enter it. So if you step up, you won't regret it. You won't say, oh, I wish I didn't get on this plane and get way up here to see this great perspective. You're going to be glad. Wow, that was really effective. That runway worked. I'm operating at a different level now. Uh, One more cool analogy. I love these analogies because we can't see something spiritual. We can't sense it until you experience it. For those of you who have the Holy Spirit, how before you got it, you didn't understand it. You didn't know exactly what it felt like because it's an experience. And that's kind of like what these analogies show the, the spirit realm is hard to describe, which is why Jesus gave so many parables, so many analogies, because it's hard to wrap our heads around it. But once we say, okay, I'm going to give it a try, I'm going to put my flesh aside, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to step it up, then you experience the supernatural, and then you can't deny it. You say, I've got the Holy Ghost, yep, God spoke through me, and it was something I could not explain, but I know God did it. And that's what happens when we go into these things. I have one more analogy for you. Ships in the deep. So the ship is you, and prayer is releasing the rope from the dock and starting the engine. And fasting is the undercurrent that draws you deeper, and the fuel is faith. The ship is you. Prayer is untying the rope and starting the engine. Fasting is the undercurrent that draws you deeper, and the fuel is faith. So if you step it up, you can be a vessel, and with consistent prayer, frequent fast, constant faith, you're going to be able to go to the deep. If you step it up into this lifestyle, you will grow closer to God and impact his kingdom like you never thought possible. So I I don't want to be one of those boats that's always tied to a dock. I don't want to be one of those airplanes that's always in the hangar. I don't want to be one of those climbers that's always at base camp. I want to go up. I want to go up. I want to go out to the deep. So that's why I'm asking all of us, let's step it up. God can do some amazing things. And I really do feel in the spirit that when we go on this prayer and fasting journey that we're going to do together this month, God's going to bring prodigals home. He's going to do miracles in this house. He is. He is. He is. And our intent is important. Don't fast just for miracles. Fast to be close to him, and the miracles will just happen. So, uh, yeah, I talked about some awesome analogies. So in the spirit realm, there's some levels. We talked about getting there, and there's just some things to be aware of. There's God who reigns supreme. There's also angels. They do the bidding of God. And there's demons that fight for your soul. But hell is scared to death when you commit yourself to to prayer and to fasting. 
They are afraid of you when they see, okay, God can use them against me now. And then there's the human spirit. So when the Holy Ghost fills the human spirit, we receive guidance and clarity for life situations. So that's some of the landscape. Remember, God reigns supreme. Angels will help him, and they'll help us. The demons will fight against us, but they can't win if we're consistent. If we submit our, holy, our human spirit to God's Holy Spirit, they don't have a chance. So I'm challenging us to go to a place that's further than we've gone. Go beyond your regular devotions, beyond your routine. It's, it takes some risk, and you, you'll feel out of place, but it will be worth it to be out in the deep. And it'll, you'll have to sacrifice something in this life. A lot of people sacrifice their paycheck for pleasure. A lot of people sacrifice a life of practice for performance. A lot of people will sacrifice something physical for a temporary reward. But we want to sacrifice some personal gratification of the flesh for the presence of God. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. So we talked about Adam and Eve a little bit, and it's a story of restoration, and we're in that story, and this is our chance to restore what Adam and Eve had, which is an eternal connection to God's glory. So will you prove to God that you're hungrier for him, that that desire for him is greater than that of your flesh? That's our chance to show through fasting that we really have a spiritual hunger. So when we fast food, we're, we're showing spiritual hunger. You fast some um, social media, it'll say, okay, God, I'm going to set my mind to your mind. When we step out in prayer, we're going to show our desire for spiritual connection to God. And when we're digging in his word, we'll show we're willing to set our mind on things above. So how are you going to finish your fast when you get started? It's going to take some internal motivation. Don't rely on somebody else to motivate you. You've got to be internally motivated to complete the fast that you feel is right, that God wants you to go on. Eventually, when that internal motivation is pretty much gone, you'll have to rely on determination. So I'm not motivated anymore, but I'm determined to make this happen. When your determination fades, you'll have to just rely on pure self-discipline. Okay, I'm just going to have to say no. Say no. And when that falls, God's strength will bring you to where you want to go. He will carry you. I can speak from experience. He's carried me through fast, and it was like, wow, I didn't hardly feel it because he just wanted to bring me all the way through it. So it's time to step it up. Fast on a greater level. And there are some people that, that might be, only, be able to only do, you know, uh, fruits, vegetables, grain fast or do just juicing. You know, not everyone is equipped to do a water-only fast. And uh, be sensitive to what God wants you to do and what he's equipped your body to handle. So fast on a greater level. Extend your runway so you can take off. Catch that current to go in the deep. Expect God to respond. So it's time to step it up. So, Pastor, if you could come, close out in prayer. Brother Rob, you can stay up here if you would. We have tried to set up this 21 days of prayer and fasting for success the best we can, and we're using and leveraging other churches, including Ken Gurley. We go down south uh, to near Houston, Texas. He's written this book, 
and we go down there almost every year to their motion conference, and he's doing 21 days of prayer and fasting starting tomorrow, Monday. They start, and we pushed it out a week so we can kind of make this more of an on-demand kind of thing. If you want to do two, three, or four days at one pop, and you can get it, you can get that in. Um, yes, I did say pop soda in the South, but um, what we want you to do is we want you to try to involve yourself the best way you can. If you want to do it through Ken Gurley, if you want to do it as you can on different times, different days, you can grab it in the evening rather than in the morning. They meet at 7 a.m. every morning on his um, morning devotion. So please see me. If you have interest and you want to be a part of this, please engage because this has no effect. We can just be standing here sharing words and sharing resources and opportunities. But if you don't step it up, the game doesn't change for you. Amen? You just keep being frustrated by the cycles of life, and we don't want you to live like that. We want you to be happy sooner. Amen? Have the joy of the Lord in your life sooner, not later. So if this is a new year, it's not going to be new if you don't do new things. Amen? You'll be in the same frustrated cycles, and I want to encourage you, as Rob has already done a tremendous job today, that the steps are difficult. Yes, it takes effort, but it changes your view and changes your life. Amen? Would you stand with me? Let's pray together. Brother Rob, join me. We're going to pray over this church. Jesus, right now we come to you on behalf of the body of Christ. And we're praying right now that you'd give us a desire, that you'd give us a passion for prayer and a desire for fasting. We know that prayer changes the hands that move the heavens, and fasting changes our hands and our desires. Prayer moves you, God. Fasting moves us. And so we just ask you within reason, of course, we know there are people that have difficulties and take medications, but we're asking you to give everyone a desire to go deeper in you, Jesus, to step into the deep waters, to move out into a place where you can speak to them, where they can hear the voice of God in their life, where they can sense you calling, sense you moving, that they can see the common grace of God, as theologians call it, the common grace, where they can see your hand working everywhere, Jesus. They can see your touch on their life everywhere. That literally, that as they fast and they pray during this 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church, that we start to see your fingerprints all over our life. We step forward in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, would you please see me after church if you want to, to get a moment of structuring this? I'll give you a link. If you'd like to have a link, I can send it to you, text it to you, whatever you would like. And then next week, we begin that prayer and fasting. If you get out ahead of us, come tell me. If you start fasting early or if you want to fast longer, that's up to you. That's also up to your medical situation. Um, Just just remember that uh, if you call me two, three days into the fast and say, I need some some marital counseling because we're fighting at home. I'll just tell you, go have a cheeseburger. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I won't. I'll pray for you. I'll come and we'll do, we'll do something. We'll come and pray. We'll read the book. We'll, do, we'll read the Word of God. But we'll figure something out. This is not an easy task is what I'm saying. Don't expect to go into this without opposition. Amen. They say new level, new devil. Have, have you heard that? Have anybody heard that before? New level, new devil. Um, this is something where you're going to find out what in you needs to be changed as well. It starts to show up. And as it shows up, you may not like what you see. Can I tell you men that you need to fight the monster that's within? Can I talk to the men for a minute? 
We need to learn how to handle what we are through the Word of God and through prayer. The desires and the things that draw us away, the lusts, the temptations, that monster, that fallen flesh, that fallen state, we need to learn how to handle that, men. And we do that this way. So you may not like what you see, but you're not going to get any better if you don't address it. Amen? That's the only kind of... That's the only kind of thing that God expects of us is for us to do some self-expression and some, some ways of looking into ourselves, and then say, Lord, like David, cleanse me, wash me, make me new. Uh, you, can't, you can't beat the monster, but you can put it on the cross. Amen. And you can die daily to that thing, and it can become a place of success for you. We're going to sing a song here. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over your life. And one way, you can, you can take a time of prayer, a time of consecration. If you're taking this seriously, believe me, God will take you seriously. He will. He'll, he'll step in in ways like you can't imagine. Please, don't do 21 days of prayer and fasting alone. Do not. Reach out to me. What, reach out to somebody. Reach out to the ladies. Ladies, talk to ladies, men, talk to men. Whatever you want to do, but do not do this alone this year. We want to hear from you the successes, the struggles. If you're struggling, reach out. We're not supposed to do this alone, brothers and sisters. We're supposed to do this together. Amen? So let's do this together this year. Make it a priority. How many would just commit just a hand in the air and say, I'm going to find a way to do some prayer and fasting in the next 21 days. I'm going to find a way. Even if it's two meals, I'm going to find a way. All right, now put your other hand up and let's just thank the Lord. Jesus, I speak the name of Jesus over this congregation. I plead the blood of Christ for protection through this fast. I ask you to keep hearts and minds through trials and trouble. Even though we know that fasting is going to agitate the spiritual world, we're asking you right now, God, to make this fast and this time of prayer a strength that steps up this church to new levels, that steps up our hearts. We are the church that steps us up to new levels. And I speak the name of Jesus over it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. find a place to pray and consecrate the next 21 days if you're going to pray at your seat or come to this altar why don't you do that right now and just consecrate to the lord that i am going to be a part of this jesus i just want to speak the name of jesus over every heart and every mind I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom, I speak Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. 
Jesus.